Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Al Pacino's Prison Scene, the podcast where Jake and I look at movies that objectively have no deeper meaning, and we think about it. As always, I'm your host, Thomas Butler. With me is my co-host, Jake Ferrier. Calling all Autobots, this is Optimus Prime. The Decepticons are back at it once again, tinkering with our transmission. They know The Grown Ups is one of our favorite movies, and we must put them to a stop before it's too late. In the meantime, you have been warned. Autobots, roll out! Maze, they pay, the kids, they pay with maze. So, Jake is, of course, referencing one of the iconic lines from the Adam Sandler movie, Grown Ups. And the reason I say one of the iconic lines is because I did not remember any lines from this movie, so you probably don't either. Who, who is, who, look, who is you? Because I, I love this movie. This movie, honestly, look, Adam Sandler has a lot of great movies, but he does not have a lot of movies that have, like, the little... Happy Madison Troop, you know, Chris Rock, Kevin James, Rob Schneider, David Spade, you know. Well, all right, so before we dive into this, is Rob Schneider in the second one? Because my memory says he's not. not. He is not. Actually, I actually, I watched the first one and then watched the second one. Oh, for real? uh, Like an hour ago, yeah. And in my opinion, I think uh, I like the second one. I like the second one more. I, yeah, no, I, I... I haven't seen them very many times, but I definitely like the second one more, especially because it's got that storyline with Taylor Lautner and Terry Crews yes. is in it. Oh, not Terry Crews. Uh, Shaq. Shaq yes. is in it. Shaquille oh, O'Neal. Yeah. He actually left um, our living room to go film it. Oh, yeah, Shaquille O'Neal over? Yeah. Back, like, four years ago or whatever, yeah. Grown Up 2 came well, out? Yeah, look, he's always, he's always been there. But now he's physically here. Okay. Yeah, he's retired now, so you got to stay in his summer home. But uh, so, yeah, today we're going to be talking about grownups. I think I'm going to go ahead and get into a recap. There's not really a lot that happens in this movie, so this recap shouldn't take too long. But it opens with a sepia-toned basketball game, right? And these kids are playing basketball, and they're all right. They're pretty good. But then they win the game, and one kid is like, ah, you, ah, his foot was on the line! And that'll be important later. But they win the game, and the coach is like, all right, guys, uh, thank you for winning the game. Uh, love you. This is my informational speech about life. Peace out. And, and then, then he we goes, jump. He goes, he goes, Bah! Right, because he's Coach Buzzer. So that's his thing, apparently. Then it jumps 30 years later, and one of the kids, the kid who shot the winning shot, of the basketball game is all grown up, and uh, I've been a bad podcast host right now. I didn't look at any of the characters' names, so I don't know any of the characters' names. So I'm just gonna call them by their actress' name. Lady Fader. Uh, Lady Fader. All right, thank you, Jake. That's what you're here for. But uh, Lady Fader grew up, and he's like a big Hollywood guy. And his kids are always playing video games. And he comes in the room. And he's like, "Hey, play this board game." And they're like, "No, that's lame." And he's like, "Whatever, dude." But then he gets a phone call, and his coach died, and it's really sad. But then we jump to each of the other kids on the basketball team, and they all get a phone call. The coach died. They're doing their respective family things, yada, yada, yada. And so they all meet up at the coach's funeral. 
And they're all joking with each other, you know, uh, like you do with your friends. They're making fun of each other, except for Rob, who, who uh, doesn't make jokes at a funeral because that's insensitive. But uh, after the funeral, which Lenny Fetter spoke at, by the way, after the funeral, they go and stay at this lake house where they had the party after the big game in the beginning of the movie. And they stayed there for the 4th of July weekend. And, you know, the, the dads the whole time, especially Lenny Fetter, is trying to get Fader. his kids. Fader. Whatever. Fader. Fader. He's trying to get his kids to, you know, expand their bubble. Because they're kind of rich snobs, if I'm being honest. His kids are. Because they want the boss water and whatever else. But uh, he, gets, he wants them to go outside and throw rocks. That's all he wants them to do is just throw rocks, man. That's all it takes. But, yeah, so they're hanging out on the uh, lake house. And he's like, man, I wish my kids would just would just throw rocks. And all the friends are just having a good time. And then one morning they go to spread the ashes. And Rob breaks down because he's kind of a mess. And they all make fun of him for it because he is a mess. But then he invites his daughters to town. And his daughters are super hot. And that's like the whole thing. And well, uh, two, of them, two of them. Right. And one of them looks pretty much exactly like him. But, uh Yeah. They do that, and then they go to this water park, and the and, uh, Kevin James, dad, pees in the pool. And uh, the moms make fun of this Canadian guy because he's got a high-pitched voice. And uh, at some point during the movie, Fader, it's at the, it's when they're eating dinner at that restaurant. And Kevin James is like, yeah, I'll pay for everything. I got tons of money. So he pays for everything. And then Fader runs into this dude, the kid from the beginning, who was like, he was on the line. He runs into that kid. He's an adult now, obviously. And he's like, hey, man, I want a rematch. And Fader's like, whatever, dude. Peace out. I'm, I'm not talking to you. So, all right, basically this whole movie is just them hanging out the whole time, right? So I'm just going to go ahead and jump to the end. Because honestly, I don't really even know the details of what happened. So at the end of the movie, uh, they play the basketball game. But then Fader lets the other guy win. Because... He decides that his family needs to learn how to lose and be okay with being normal people. As he tells his wife, he canceled the flight to Milan so that his family could have a normal vacation with normal people. And I know that was a pretty bad recap, but honestly, this is grown-ups. So, uh, what do you, what, what did you expect? All right. Let me, let me throw in a couple details. All right. Steve Buscemi breaks his entire body. And yes. then touched Maya Rudolph's booby. Yes, very important. Um, uh, Lenny Fader's kids, downtown's kids, they, one of them, the, the older one looks like a character from Kingdom Hearts. Um, okay. Kurt McKenzie, or, uh, Chris Rock, he is a house, house husband. Alright, um, Kevin James's character. He, he says he works issues. at a car dealership. He has mommy issues. Let's see, what else, what else happened? Uh, the Robido, the guy with the eye, he was in it. Yeah, he was and in then, it. And uh, then, at the end, oh, did Chris Rock's line that he's, that he, the other black guy? Yeah, he's the other, he's, he, no, he's not the other black guy. He's the black guy. Right. And Tim the other guy, is the other black guy. The other guy's the other black guy. All right, there's a few details you missed. But yeah, so I mean, like this, this is grownups, you know, and uh, most people would probably say this movie doesn't have a lot to it, and I, I would be inclined to agree with them. However, 
obviously I came and I didn't feel like much happened because really not much happens in this movie. But it's just it's just like it's just a movie about friends hanging out. And I think this movie gets a lot of flack because it is that. Because a lot of people see it as Adam Sandler just wanted to be paid to go on vacation with his friends. And I'm sure that as much fun as they have on screen, they were probably having more fun off screen just hanging out with each other because they were all on SNL back in the day. These are all Sandler's buddies from SNL. But there's a line that his wife says in the movie, which I think like sums up this entire movie. She says, nothing's going on here, and I love it. So say what you will about grown-ups, but this movie's hilarious. This movie, look, I was talking to Lucas about this. This movie is hilarious, yes. But I think that its humor doesn't necessarily come from the jokes, which it does partially, but I think that really... It is the timing of the jokes. It's just so well timed. Like one uh, one one joke I'll point in particular. They arrive at the lake house, and they have like the fly trap, you know, like the electric fly trap, the, the bug thing, zapper. you know. Yeah, the bug zapper, and it's killing the moths. And uh, Adam Sandler's daughter's like, "Dad, they're killing your bugs." And I'm like, "No, we're just going to sleep." And he walks up. And he and he takes one off that's like obviously dead, and he throws it. He's like he's like oh still sleeping, and then there's a there's a there's a few beats, there's like one or two beats, and then the old fat black mom walks up. It's like ooh uh, a pork thing, and then steps on it, and there's a, another beat, and then he goes well now it's dead. And it's so right. it, it just it just flows so well. And then like so, Kevin James, uh, you know, you, you mentioned Kevin James with the KFC hat, and oh, then yeah, the Snyder's super hot daughters. They're they're like taking shifts, looking at their her butt, and then they're all looking at the tree, and then like we're all looking at the tree, aren't we? And then they look back. Uh, it's just impeccable timing. I mean, I mean, I'm inclined to agree with you. I don't, I don't, I don't have anything to add to that. I don't have any discourse. This I is don't a funny, want you, This is a funny movie. Be, I don't want you to be inclined to agree. I want you to agree. All right. Well, I agree. All right. Good. But uh, uh, you know, I, the, the first joke you brought up about the bug zapper is actually kind of a through line in this movie, which I didn't, I didn't write this down, but I was just thinking about it here. His daughter. Is very caring, you know. She's there's the thing with the bugs, and she's like, "Oh, I don't want them to die." But she's, and along with Kevin James's wife, she's the one who nurses the bird back from. Well, I assumed he was dead, honestly, because I mean, freaking Kevin James landed on him. But they, it's they, gonna they, suck you dry. But yeah, the the daughter helps nurse the bird back to life, and you know maybe that was some kind of commentary. On like the nurturing nature of women versus the Neanderthals that are men, just the the the, the dichotomy of Sandler's kids. Because you have the, the the two boys who, when we're first introduced to them, uh, you know they're playing the violent video game, and throughout the movie they become arguably better people. But they're just like I said earlier in the recap, they're pretty much just rich snobs for the entire movie. But his daughter is caring from the moment we see her. You know, she's yeah. driving, trying to drive the car to ask the car questions 
so she can help her dad cope with the death of Coach Buzzer. Honestly, and that that might that might transcend beyond those two, and that might that might go out through the whole like uh, all of the all of the characters. Because Glory, we see Gloria. I mean, Rob Schneider's character has had issues with ladies all his life. Like every marriage, they 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 talk about this in the in the film is that he falls in love super quick. They get along great together, and then he snaps. He goes ballistic on him, and then they leave. Well, he goes ballistic on Gloria, but then Gloria is like, "Oh, oh, dearie, I could have called him a a short Oompa Loompa Elvis, dearie." But I didn't. And, like, she forgives him. Right. And uh, that obviously speaks to gender, but that, that speaks to another thing that I really think this whole movie is about, and that is generations and, like, everything that comes along with that, you know, like the generation gap and, like, how you age, how your view becomes different on things once you become a parent. Because, obviously, this movie is primarily about the guy's reminiscing back on the good old days, which oh, yeah. I think is masterfully done by beginning the movie with not only a scene from their childhood, but a scene that is sepia-toned. Because I think, you know, sepia-toned is, is reserved for, like, flashbacks in other movies or in old photographs. So just the color, the sepia-toned hue, you know, tells us that this is something that we are looking back on yeah. is not happening now, you know? It incites this feeling of nostalgia. And I absolutely agree, but I want to point out, it's interesting, though, and I'm, and I'm sure it, that the kids, as their younger selves, uh, the adults as their younger selves, they look like you can tell easily who is who. Yes, especially with the hair. Yeah, yeah. Um, which is interesting because I, what was that? Sorry, listener, I just uh, stuck my tongue out at Jake, and it made him uncomfortable. Anyway, well, no, you, like, lit, but uh, um, but I, I think that, you know, that this, like you said, like, the idea of nostalgia, that I think that this this film is, is really about getting back to your roots, because the whole idea, when they go to the funeral, it's, it's like they haven't seen each other in a long time. Because, like, yes. uh, Kurt McKenzie's wife, um, Maya Rudolph, walks up to Sama Hayek and is like, Do you remember me? I was at your wedding. And she's like, Oh, my God. <laughs> of course. Even though, like, she, I mean, it, it's one of those things where, like, you know that they don't remember you, but it's just kind of like, you know. It's courtesy. Right. But yeah, they they get back together and they're calling each other by their nicknames. They're making fun of each other, and it's like it's like you said, like it's like the good old days. You know, they grown up, they moved out, they got their jobs, whatever. They've had their kids. They've they got this dysfunctional family. But then this 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 lake house they go to is is kind of like it it is. Um, I don't know what the word is. But it creates the ability for them to reunite as a friend group. Yeah. I mean, it kind of acts as like a collective rose-colored glass, you know, because they're like, while they're there, they, throughout the movie, they go, they do all these things that they did as kids. Like, 
the friend group mentions that Fader, when they were younger, would always convince him to do all these crazy things. And at some point in the movie, he convinces them to play Air Roulette like they did when they were kids. And, uh, you know, they have the scene where they're taking their kids down to the river and then they find a rope swing. And, like, Kevin James tries to swing on the rope swing. So the, they're not intentionally, you know, trying to be like, let's go back to the good old days. But but throughout the movie, they're like, oh, man, like, this is what life used to be like, you know? And I don't even think – I want to take it a step further and say that it, it is not – and I know I said this, but I don't think it's uh, – I don't think they're getting reunited at all. They're getting reunited in the sense that they are coming back together. Did you hear them in the background? Yeah, something's going yeah. on. It's like a yeah, sumo wrestler fight. Yeah, they're playing duck game. Um, but it's a re, it's a reuniting in order to grow. It's not them going back to the good old days. It's them coming together after a break and evolving as a friend group. Because and I, this is a something. This is good. We'll, we'll tell. This is the second movie, um, but. Adam Taylor does something with these two movies that not a lot of film series do, is that, you know, there's always a character change. And in a good film, there's always a dynamic character change. And these characters definitely change. And then that goes on, they stay, they they keep the change they have made into the second movie. Yes. So are you saying that in Grown Ups they don't? No, no, they, I'm saying... From the first movie to the second movie, the choices they have made and the things they have learned continue to be present in the second movie. So are you are, so are you saying that other movies don't do that? Yes. Well, I don't know if I agree with that. I would agree with maybe other comedies don't do that. But I would say well, most, like, most dramatic movies carry over. But yeah, right. no, but yeah, both comedies, especially in like comedy TV shows. Like the characters in Seinfeld never really learn, and they they just like keep keep doing what they're doing exactly the same. And like Seinfeld is self-referential, makes jokes about that. But uh, yeah, it is interesting to note that in these movies, which get slammed by most people, I think uh, that these two movies does follow that dynamic change, even though they are quote unquote dumb, stupid Adam Sandler movies. Well, yeah, it, it, exactly. But we've seen, you know, what Adam Sandler could do with Uncut Gems. Yeah, uh, now. And so, honestly, I think he was doing it all along. Well, and it's it's something I was thinking about, you know, with this movie, because uh, I've seen a ton of Adam Sandler movies. Like, I grew up with Bedtime Stories. I've seen that one a thousand times, probably. Well, I've seen Jackson in general. Well, yeah, no, but I'm just thinking, like, like, even just growing up, like, I didn't watch Billy Madison when I was little, but, like, growing up, I grew up with bedtime stories. So, like, I know, like, that movie's ingrained in my brain. But all of his movies, or at least the ones I've seen, like that one, this one, uh, Jack and Jill, even, even Happy Madison to an extent, or Billy Madison to an extent. What am I? No, Happy Gilmore. That's the golf movie. That's what I'm trying yeah, to say. Yeah, even yeah, yeah. Happy <laughs> Gilmore to an extent. But, like, this movie... Jack and Jill and Bedtime Stories, I think, is all three of those movies at their core are about like reconnecting. You know, in this, in Grown Ups, we have the friend group, like we previously mentioned, and uh, Jack and Jill, which I think is critically panned, although it features 
our, our podcast namesake, Al Pacino. Shout out. He probably doesn't want you to know. He probably doesn't want you to know he's in that movie, but he is. And he has he has the Dunkachino oh, commercial. Oh, that's fine, because he hits on Jill. I forgot about that. Yeah. Oh, I forgot about but, that. But uh, that movie is about a brother and sister reconnecting. And oh, the bedtime stories. Either, by the way. Yes. A feat of acting. And the bedtime stories, I think, is also about our brother and sister reconnecting, but also uh, an uncle and his nephew and niece, because he's he's reading the stories to his nephew and niece. So even though Adam Sandler tends to have, you know, people look at him like, oh, he's not a good actor, or his movies are just dumb comedies, they're all the same, most of them have, like, this message of, A, like, family is the most important, but B... You know, you're going to drift apart, but you'll always come back together. And that's kind of beautiful, honestly. I, oh, I absolutely agree. And I think and I think we're getting to what I believe this movie is about. And you said friends, but I think that I think it's about family. Absolutely yeah. family. And family as in like blood family, but also, you know, the family you create. Right. I mean, like. All of those, the five characters, um, are definitely, they're amazing friends. And even like, uh, Dickie, um, the guy who challenges him, you know, Adam Sandler and him were in the, in the film, in the film. They were best friends, like in kindergarten. Oh, for real? Is that yeah. a Sega one? Yeah, yep. Okay, I didn't remember. I that. mean, we see this group, you know, transcend from this, insane dysfunction at the beginning of the film to just this tightly knit group where like uh, the, the, the husbands all know each other, but then we see that the children and the wives and the parents, they all come together too. And it's just, you're right. It is. It's absolutely beautiful. And you know, I, I didn't watch the second movie, but you said you did. So you can probably speak to this more, but uh, I think it carries on into that film because obviously in this one, Presumably, this is the first time that all of their kids have met each other. But, and, and they're not really prominently featured in the film, but we do see them from time to time, and they're obviously growing to know each other and be friends with each other. And I would say, especially with Adam Sandler's oldest son and Chris Rock's son, uh, their friendship in this movie is pretty much just ogling uh, Rob Schneider's daughters. But there, it's, it's taken further if my memory is correct, in the second movie, they're pretty much inseparable and together the whole entire movie, yeah, are they not? Yeah, yep, yep. Yeah, so, so you know, this movie is 100% about, you know, the family that you create and that once you had that bond, no matter what happens, no matter where you are at in life as compared to the others, you will always come back together. And I, I think if if you disagree with that, I think what will sway you is the fact that at the funeral, when they first meet for the, or the, when they first have a reunion, I guess, uh, all of the adults, all of the guys are for the most, most of the guys are lying to each other because you have, um, Kevin James, who's like lying about being the president or co-president or whatever of the car company. Then you have Fader who he's not lying, but he's embarrassed of his, higher class. He doesn't want them to call him Hollywood. And then you have Kurt McKenzie, who is arguably emasculated in the role that he has in his family. Although I think being a stay at home dad would be pretty rad if I'm being honest. 
And then you have uh, Rob, who is lying because of the toupee, which I know that's a joke throughout the movie, but that's still literally covering something up. And then you have David Spade, who just he just like lays it all out. He's not really lying about anything. Well, okay, I I agree with you for the most part, but I don't think it's necessarily that they're lying per se. I think each of them has a deep rooted character flaw. I'll bring it. I'll bring it back. We talked about this in Chicken Little. Maybe this is the prequel to Inside Out. Well, I think everything could arguably be a prequel to Inside Out. But this specifically, because we have five characters, each one of them with one flaw. Um, all right, all right, all right, hold on. All right, so tell me which which character is each emotion. Okay, 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 okay. Hold on. All right, Lenny Fader. All right, is disgust uh, because, like you said, he's embarrassed about his success, and it disgusts him to his core. Okay. All right. All right. He never wants to talk about it. He's always keeping quiet about it, okay? All right? Um, David Spade is sadness because he's just a lonely little boy. Okay. Even even after he's got all these chicks, he's still got an empty heart, okay? Um, Kurt McKenzie is anger, okay, because he's angry that he can't have a nice relationship with his wife, or or that he doesn't have a nice relationship with his wife. All right? Okay. Uh, uh, I named three, right? Yeah, you got Kevin James and Rob Schneider. Okay. You have Kevin and Fear left. Okay. Rob Schneider is fear because he is scared of what he's done in his past relationships, and he doesn't want to mess up with Gloria, which leaves Kevin James as joy because... He thinks that nice cars and big titles um, make him cool, make him happy. All right, you sold me. Grown Ups is a prequel to Inside Out confirmed. Oh, wait, actually, no, no, no. Did we say, no, actually, it's a prequel to Chicken Little. Because Inside Out is Chicken Little, too. Okay, so they're the aliens in Chicken Little? No, no, no. It is an Inside Out, but Chicken Little. Does that make sense? But we decided that the aliens had the, were the colors, so that that's why Inside Out is Chicken Little too. No, no, so if they're no, that, no, 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 no. All right, all right. But okay, okay. Time out. What did we decide we were gonna call our listeners? Uh, Grumpy Shag- Goose, Shaggy Goose Egg Boys. Shaggy Goose Egg Boys. All right, all right. Listen up, you Shaggy Goose Egg Boys. I'm gonna go back. And tell us why we decided Inside Out, or Chicken Little was Inside Out, or why Inside Out was Chicken Little 2. Because I don't think it was aliens, I just think it was the characters in general. No, it was the aliens, because the aliens are the colors. No, no, it was characters. All right, right, whatever. The listener will tell us, uh, the Shaggy Goose Egg Boys, they'll rise up, they'll let us know. But uh, let's get back on track, back to Grown Ups. What were you saying before I took you down that path? Do you know? It's about family, I think, I guess. Okay. All right, well, 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 this, uh, you were talking about how everybody's lies, and I was like, well, it's not that they're lying. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so you were talking. All right, well, this actually kind of ties into that. I wrote down, uh, don't judge a book by its cover, and be cautious of appearances. 
So, right by Don't Judge a Book, I wrote down the guy at the water park. So, obviously, he's, like, across from the ladies, and he's got that sexy sick pack, and he's like, oh, I'm flexing my, my muscles. Yeah, you like me? And then he comes over, and he's like, hi, what's up? Aha! And then they all just start laughing at him. Eh? So there's that. Uh, everything's not as it seems. But then, be cautious of appearances. Uh, I have the blue chemical in the pool, you know, that indicates that he peed. Uh, I have the Hollywood sunglasses. He Vader didn't want to wear his sunglasses because he didn't want the friends to call him Hollywood. And then I have Rob's daughter's cut forehead because it made it seem that. Uh, uh, what is what is David Spade's character? I think it's Marcus Higgins. Yeah, Higgins. Because it made it seem like Higgins had slept with Rob's daughter. So there are several instances in the film where it's something seemed to be one way, but then it turned out to be the other way. Well, so, on Higgins, on Higgins, I think a more poignant part is when Rob's blonde daughter, they're at the water park, and she's like, He's gay, isn't he? And then Rob's like, no, he's not gay. He just seems that way. He's a freaking genius. Right. So thanks, a lot of things in this movie are not as they seem. So I, maybe that's, that's you know, Adam Sandler's trying to be like, hey, uh, be careful. You know, what, what, okay, well, uh, I'm, I'm getting, I'm derailing that thought. But I just thought of another one. Be careful what you wish for, because... What you think you want, all that glitters is not gold. Smash mouth, baby. All right, I'm back on track. All that glitters is not gold. So Fader grew up and like he he got rich and famous and all this stuff, but his kids are rich snobs and they always want their Voss water, right? So then he cancels the trip to Milan and lies to his wife about it. So he's a little deceiver. But then he says, I wanted our family to have a normal vacation with normal people. And there's another line he says, See how good you can be when you wear normal people clothes talking to his oldest son. So what the point of all that was was to say that it's okay. Look, you could get rich and famous and all that stuff, but what really matters is the people who are close to you, your family, the fa- your friends, your, fr- your friends that have become family, and don't lose sight of that. And that may be just repeating what I said earlier, but I, I – I've said it twice, then. And so you know what? This might be getting into being really meta. Right. Um, because I think... <laughs> I expect you to say something else. Um, but I mean, look at like look at Adam Sandler's daily life as like a normal person. Like, let's take a look at his fashion. T-shirt and... Uh, well, no, his his wardrobe in this movie is 100% his actual wardrobe, without a doubt. Jersey shorts, that's what they're called. I couldn't remember what they were called. But his real-life fashion is just T-shirt and jersey shorts, which maybe that's him also being like, dude, I'm rich and famous, but you know what? It doesn't matter because I, I got a hot wife and some cool kids, and I get to do what I want and make fun moves with my buddies. I don't care about the money, bro. I don't care about the looks. Right. You just got to have fun. Girls just want to have fun. That's and the song Adam Sandler. Adam Sandler is a girl. You heard it here first, ladies and gents. Adam Sandler, Kevin James, Chris Rock, Rob Schneider, David Spade, they're all girls. 
and they just want to have fun. So uh, well, another thing I have written down on my notes is uh, we turn it and get a we fun. I don't really know why I wrote that down, but I remember it being in all the trailers, and that's a pretty funny line, I think. Oh, I know why. Because it's like, it's like the class struggle, right? So, like, the Wii at the time was, like, the new console that everyone had, right? And, like, people, certain people had PS3, certain people had Xbox, whatever. But the Wii... Wait, up. What is this about? What, when, when did that happen? Kevin James, I just, I don't know, the kid is like, well, I can play basketball on the Wii. No, he says there's no, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Okay. Kevin James and Adam Sandler are playing basketball, and Adam Sandler's, like, making every single shot, oh, which is an important plot point. Yeah, 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 yeah. But he's, like, banking it off the shots, and Kevin James is like, yeah, your dad never misses. He's like, yeah, it's all about the bank shot, bro. And then uh, his son's like, well, the, you can't get a bank shot on the Wii. And then Kevin James says, we turn it and get a Wii fund, which is a hilarious joke. It was in all the trailers. And it was probably meant to be nothing more than a joke. But I'm saying it was a commentary on class. So. When this movie came out, it was like uh, a certain year that I'm going to look up right now. That sounds right. Let's see. Grown Ups, the movie, was released in 2010. And according to Google, the genre is comedy slash buddy. But that's not important for what I was trying to say. So it was released in 2010. Around this time, the Wii uh, – it's probably been out for a little bit. I don't know. But the, the Wii was out. PlayStation 3 was out. The Xbox 360 was out. So, those are three consoles. Certain people had the PlayStation. Certain people had an Xbox. But, nearly everyone had the Wii. So, I have the Wii. Why would they bring up the Wii in this movie? It's because all of the different friends... I'm doing like a little thing on my hand that you can't see, listeners. It's like leveling out. Uh, all the different friends... We're on different levels of economic class, different places of stature, and their families. But they likely all have a we. And what does the word we, W-I-I, come from? The word we, as in W-E, as in together, as in united. So, no, Kevin James, he should not we turn it and get a we fund, because the we brings us all together. This episode was brought to you by Nintendo. I uh, hope we don't get demonetized for that. Probably will, though. Yes, as long as we don't have Mario. Uh, no, that was a... Uh, I did not... I didn't catch that at all. You got me on that one. But yeah, what I did catch, talking about uh, the idea of being together, was that um, the scene... Oh, when was it? It was it was when they were they were messing with David Spade. Um, what was that after? When he's drunk. Yeah. What, what was, was that, that after? Yeah, they're drinking out of the water jugs. I don't know. Okay. Anyway, but it's it's uh, Kevin James and Adam Sandler. Both, 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 both of their wives, both of their wives, like just had the greatest sex ever because they were talking about that dude from Saskatchewan. Oh, the water park, yes. Um, and there, and Kevin James is out there in the like kitchen drinking water from a jug, and then Adam Taylor walks out. And he's like, "Whoa, that was amazing!" And then like um, Adam Taylor gets a jug out, and there's this is my favorite scene in the whole movie. I just love this like thirty seconds 
is they start talking, and then they both at the same time drink water for, like, a few seconds and then stop at the same time and then do it again and then do it again and then do it again. And I think that that also points out to unity. Not only unity, unconscious unity. So they're a cult. Um, I'm not going to say it. Oh, I did. So Whoa. that's another breaking news, everybody. Friendship is a cult, so be wary. Well, Happy Madison is a cult. I'd go in that cult. I would, too. Um, but yeah, it's a cult. But it's like an unconscious, like you were saying, that you always find your way back. Um, that there's just kind of this unspoken, like, bond, you know, that, like, friends for life, bro. You know what I'm saying, dude? Yeah. No. No? Yeah. Just like, you have a water bottle with you? Yeah, a cup. Alright, is it, there's just something in it? Yeah. Alright. See what you said? Yeah, so you know we're we're friends forever, you know. And and we didn't even have to. And we didn't have to say anything at all. We just kind of did it. You see, ladies and gentlemen, that's true friendship. That's what friendship's all about. You gotta drink water with your buddies. Hydrate or die. At the same time, at the same time, without saying anything and making any gesture whatsoever. Um, on an audio podcast that the listeners can't see. Yeah, we, we did. We did do it. But believe us, we did. For real. We promise. But, uh, uh go ahead. Well, there, okay, at the beginning of this movie, and you kind of, you kind of said something that made me think it was more. I was wondering when, when Coach Buzzer was talking about, um, he, he says, He's like, you gotta make sure that, this is, this is at the flashback at the beginning. Um, he talks about when life's final buzzer sounds, they're like, you don't want to have any regrets. So at the beginning of this film, I was wondering if this was gonna be a morality tale. And like, carpe diem and stuff like that. Well, I mean, at the end, um, Sandler, the fader, uh, intentionally loses the basketball game. So, I mean, yeah, I'd agree with that. And, like, and like you made the note of, like, the dead bird, which might be some underlying symbolism in that. Um, and, like, the, the bug zapper, the bug zapper, you know, there might be some underlying symbolism there. Um, animals, maze. baby. People love animals. They do. Maze, you know, when they use it, it's dead corn. Maybe that's a symbol. Dehydrated um, fruit. Marcus Higgins is a deadbeat dad. Dead, death, morality. Maybe that's something. Do you have kids? Uh, in the second one. Oh, okay, I remember that. But I think I think the the two movies are synonymous. Might as well be. Um. Rob Schneider's daughter, her her car dies when they get there. Speaking of death, I could have sworn that the old lady died on top of Rob Schneider at some point in this movie, but that didn't happen. Like Gloria, his wife? Yeah, 
I thought I, I for some reason I remembered her dying on top of him in the waterbed. What? They they don't even what? There's a waterbed, but nobody dies. I don't know. I I just, I just, I remembered that for some reason. Maybe I saw like the super secret Sandler cut. Release the Sandler cut. We're calling for it. Hashtag release the Sandler cut. Release the Sandler cut. Alright, after, after all our shaggy goose egg boys watch this episode, storm Twitter and use hashtag release the Sandler cut. We gotta get it done, baby. It doesn't, I don't care. Doesn't have to be the cut for grown-ups. Pick whatever Sandler movie you want, and we'll release that one. We want the Sandler cut, and we know it's out there. Coming for you, Sandler. Yeah, you know, I, I'd agree with you. I wrote down Coach's speech because I figured, you know, if this if any if this movie was going to have any theme, it was going to be related to that. But um, what's interesting is later on in the movie, Gloria gives a speech, which kind of like unites everyone and gets everyone to confess the truth about their situation. And she says, uh, in life, the first act is always exciting, and the second act is where the depth comes in. But she doesn't mention the third act. And that's something I thought was kind of interesting, especially because when she says that, it's like the beginning of the third act of the film. Yeah. So when we pair what she's saying about first act being exciting, which is arguably... Like, you know, your kid to teenage years. Second act, which is the longest in most films, would be your adult years. And then the third act would be, like, you know, you're an old person years. But uh, for the sake of this movie, I would say that the third act could be argued as the we final buzzer. There you are. I would argue that... The- you know, the third act is the final buzzer that uh, Coach talks about in the beginning. You know, the, the, ah, the, when you hear that, your your act's over. It's 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 been it's over. So what he says, like you said, you know, he says, play play life just like you played that game. So when the final buzzer goes off, you'll have no regrets. And what uh, Gloria was saying about the first and second act was like, you know, kind of what you were saying earlier, that this they're not necessarily reminiscing. They are evolving, but they know that they still have it good. Yeah. And, and so, like, well, life becomes complicated, but it has more meaning, kind of like what we were talking about with Mom and Dad, that in that episode, when we are talking about that film, once you have a kid, uh, your life takes on a whole different meaning. Well, and you know, you make the point of so you're saying that the the third act is death. Yes. So maybe she intentionally doesn't refer to the third act because, like you said, third act is, is death, and you know that doesn't matter because your time is your time, and when it, when you die, you die. But you can't always be waiting for that day. You can't you can't even like pay any attention to the third act because it doesn't matter. Right. And, you know, uh, you were just talking about death and how, you know, once you're done, it's done. And it made me think of my favorite TV show of all time, BoJack Horseman. Uh, there's an episode. I think it's the episode right before the finale called A View from Halfway Down. And, Is that the uh, one where he's uh... he's unconscious and in, like, the limbo state? Okay. Basically. 
And all these characters that were prominent in the show and died, uh, some because of Bojack, others are just people that he knew well. Um, they kind of like give monologues or their own story before they get sucked into a black vortex. So maybe the third act is not actually death itself, but like what comes right before. And, you know, as the coach says, when the final buzzer goes off, you'll have no regrets. So in, in Bojack, he clearly has several regrets. But if you do what Coach says and you live your life like they played that game and you have no regrets, then the view from halfway down won't be so bad. Well, and maybe it's not even about having no regrets. It's about uh, accepting the decisions you've made. Um, what's that called? What, what's the word I'm looking for? Accountability. Is If you hold yourself accountable and you, like, grow from that. Because isn't that, like, like a huge thing that BoJack has a problem with is, like, changing, you know? Yes. Like, not, like, like the whole the whole episode is, is him, you know, going through these moments in his life that, and his whole thing throughout the entire series is that he's, he's like, I'm a horrible person and I can't change. Well, the truth is you can change if you hold yourself accountable. And, and so you know, maybe that is where that whole speech comes from, is that everybody's lying, everybody's hiding these things, but then Gloria comes out and she's like, look, we all make these mistakes. They happen, uh, but we can either choose to own up to them or let them control our lives. Yeah, no, I, I think that's uh, probably correct, and that's what Gloria's purpose in this film was to be. Is you know throughout, uh, like you said, everyone has has all these lies and everyone comes clean, but sev- like several characters have to give up something in order to move on and not just the adults like you have the kid who's constantly breastfeeding and eventually kevin james is just like pick him up from the carton and like just a milk carton in his face and like he's immediately off of the breast milk you know so he evolved and it, it didn't take all it took was for him to accept that he needed to stop being a baby and be more like his dad because after he drinks the milk carton, he says, I'm just like Betty, or whatever. And then you have uh, Fader's kids who have to give up their video games and go play outside. And, you know, there's that scene where they're all, like, with the cup phone, you know. And that makes Fader so happy to see the cup phone. And then even sweet little girl, whatever her name is, Fader's daughter, has the, the tooth fairy thing. Where the mom accidentally is like, I'll put the dollar under your pillow sometimes at night. And then she's like, but there's no tooth fairy? But, uh, you know, the, the mom explains it in a way that the daughter can accept that and then move on. So maybe, were you about to say something else? No. So maybe the second act, and I think this is more pertinent to the adults here is that maybe the second act isn't a time in life. Um, maybe the second act is a point in which, as is, is a moment in which you become enlightened. And I don't mean enlightened like the enlightenment. I mean, enlightened to the sense of um, accountability and no regrets. 
So instead of being a period of time, it's like a moment in time. It is. It is like like it's like it's the, it's like the um oh what's it called the um the 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 con the beginning of the conflict. What's that called? And like the uh, thing. Plot you point know? one. Is that what it's called? Plot point two. I don't, no, I don't know. You know how there's like there's like the climax, there's denouement, and there's like the the rising action. Yeah, 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 yeah. Rising action. There we go. There we go. So maybe uh, Act One is the beginning. Here we go. Here oh, we go. Is Act One birth? So so Act One is birth, right? And then the rising action is. All of it until you reach that moment. And that moment is the climax. Okay. So, okay, 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 okay. We're, we're developing this, uh, you shaggy goose egg boys. All right, we're, we're trying to figure this out. Um, I think we're on to something. So, okay, so act one. Ah, uh, see, okay. I'm trying to figure this out. Because you have brought up a very interesting point, I think. Um... Well, because, because, you know, in, in your head, it would be three different chunks of life. That is like the early years, act two is your mid years, and act three is your later years when you're elderly. But, uh, because of what the coach says about the final buzzer, I feel like act three is like death, so then that would mean act one would be birth, and logically act two would be everything in between. But if, your death, which is Act 3, relies on you being able to accept all of your past doings, wrong or right, whatever, then that moment would need to be Act 2, which is what you said. Yes, but maybe Act 2 is that moment, and Act 3 is what follows after. You see what I'm saying? Yes, I think. So Act 1 is you're born and you have all this life, all this trouble. Then you reach a point where you make a conscious decision to look around you, look at yourself, hold yourself accountable. That's Act 2. Because that is your climax, but it's also your denouement. And so we... We descend into Act Three because Act Three is a resolution, right? And so, also, uh, for all you normal people, denouement is just a fancy word for resolution. All right, let me sound smart, okay? I gotta educate our shaggy goose boys, man. Gotta keep them a little confused. All right, that's what's entertaining. Um, but then you, you reach this denouement, and then everything after that, this descend into death or, or to the point of death is your act three. Yeah, I like that. And you know, uh, obviously Bojack is not a real person, but in that show, in the episode I was mentioning, he has not come to peace with all his past givings. But in the next episode, he does come to peace with that. At least I think. Um, so maybe on the timeline that we've set up, if you have not reached that acceptance, then you will see the view from halfway down. 
and you won't fully go through Act 3 until you can accept that. Right. Does that make sense? Okay, okay. So Act 2 is the period of acceptance, however long that takes. Right. So the beginning until the end of acceptance. Yes. And so, okay. So, okay, so let's figure out what it is in Grown Ups. I would say that Act 2 begins in our, in our, in our, in glorious timeline. We're going to call it Gloria's timeline of life and acceptance. Does that work? Yeah. Or do you want to call it Gloria's timeline of That'll be the end. Okay. Alright, Gloria's timeline of life and acceptance. Act 1 begins at the start of the movie. Act 2 begins, um, as, as soon as the funeral hits. But the first moment where we see the, um, beginning of deception is in the car when Lenny doesn't want to take off his glasses. Okay. That's the beginning of Act 2, and then Gloria's speech is the end of Act 2, and then the rest of it is Act 3. So, so essentially this whole movie is Act 2, pretty much, for the first day of life. And so you know what this movie is really about, Thomas? Having a midlife crisis? Yes. But more importantly, it's about discovering yourself. On and off screen, that this was Adam Sandler's midlife crisis. Self-discovery is what this movie is about. You always, you always bring it back home, Jake, and that's what I love about you. And, and am I wrong? Tell me a no. movie that's about self-discovery. Uh, I'm gonna stop right there because it doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. It's about a big red dog. Because we're talking about this movie, and in Grown Ups, self-discovery, baby. Not only for the characters in the movie, but for but, me. But for and yes. You know what, Thomas? You're an act two because you can't just accept that all movies are about self-discovery. Maybe by the end of this podcast, I'll figure it out. However, however many episodes it takes. Maybe this podcast is your act two. Maybe the entire thing. Well, listeners, if you uh, want me to be in my act two forever, keep on listening. Um, this was Grown Ups. Unless Jake has something else. Did I say I was done? Yes. No, I'm not done. All right, I have a I have a few comments I wanna I wanna I wanna point out a few things. All right, it's time for Jake's stray thoughts. (laughs) Number one, can I point out that David Spade's character has a Mustang that you see for like a second? Yes, but he has a Mustang, and presumably he seems like the one with the least amount of money. Well, maybe he spent all his money on the Mustang. Maybe, maybe, but he has a Mustang. That's what uh, I assume. Number two um, is that the scene that uh, Chris Rock's kid and Adam Sandler's kid are watching the sisters, David's, uh, Rob Schneider's daughters. Do you remember what I'm talking about? Which one? The one when they're in Rob Schneider's car. No, I don't remember that. Okay, well, they're in Rob Schneider's car, and they're looking at Rob Schneider's daughters. Okay, which, okay, that's fine. Um, they're interested in girls. But why are they in his car, and how do they get in his car? 
It's self-discovery, baby. No, I Thomas, I want to plot. get this. Well, we decided in Transformers that it was just plot, so plot. That's what I'm saying. The I, plot required them to look at the girls' booties, so they had to be in Rob Schneider's car. But why Rob Schneider's car? Because they're his daughters. It's a metaphor or something. For what? I don't know. If 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 you have hot children, then the friend the the children of your friends will get in your car to look at them. That's the metaphor. So don't have hot children. Or if the children of your friends will get into your car. So don't have hot children. Is that what or you're just don't or just don't have friends or keep your friends from having kids. Either either any one of those three. That's the moral. So whatever you can do to stop that from happening. Yeah. All right. Well. That's what this movie's all about, ladies and gentlemen. Don't have hot kids. Or keep your friends from having kids. Or just don't have friends. Or just, uh, which, hold on. Can I say, I think Kevin James was the most attractive out of any of the men in this movie. Really? Yes. And it's mainly like in the funeral, I think he looked the best in the suit he was wearing. But Honestly? Uh, Honestly, I, I don't know. I don't agree. Or, no, no, no. I don't disagree. Because have you seen him now? He's looking good now. I, I mean, he, he wears whatever his look is, he wears it very well. That's all yes. All right, yes, yes. Like, Adam Sandler is, like, super baggy. And, like, that's his look. But, in my opinion, it makes him look less attractive. But Kevin James knows exactly who he is, knows exactly what his body is. And everything he wears perfectly suits that. I think that David Spade is the cutest. Well, David Spade uh, slept with a dog in more ways than one. Okay. (laughs) They were in the closet, man. You don't remember that? The dog was in the closet, too? Yeah, he was like, I had a dream. I was kissing this. I was with this super hot girl. Oh, and the dog walked out, and he's like, maybe it wasn't a dream. Ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> All right. Moral of the story, don't sleep in a closet. That's that's the real moral of the story. All right. So, Thomas, on our ready or not scale, what would you give this? Uh, I don't think anything blows up. Like, at all. The... Engine falls off the boat when Kevin James is trying to water ski or whatever. Well, I would say Rob Schneider emotionally blows up a few times. Yes. So it's not a zero, but I don't think there's any, like, actual explosions. I think this might be, like, a point five. Oh, well, I was going to say about one, maybe. But, yeah, maybe maybe point five because there's no actual no. explosions. You know, we'll, we'll call it an even, we'll call it .75, we'll average it out. Alright, grown-ups, lowest rating so far on the ready or not scale. .75 out of 5. Maybe the Sandler cut. That's the Sandler cut. He just edits back in all the explosions he cut out. Yeah! There's actually like every 5 seconds there's an explosion, but he had to take it out. Here's what is this rated, PG-13? Yep. No, it's PG. Oh, so the explosions made it PG-13. And he right. knew that if, and if he knew that PG would reach a bigger audience. Okay, okay. 
So we t- okay. All right, are you ready? Are you ready? Yes. So we decided that. No, no, the- hey, it is PG thirteen. No, 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 it's PG. Okay. It's PG. Um, don't look it up. Um, so it's PG, and the explosions would make it PG thirteen. And I have discussed, and we've kind of talked about it, that I think this movie is about family, right, and re- reconnecting. And so he wanted this movie to be more accessible to a family audience. So that the families could understand his message and become reconnected. Oh, but if he's the one that edited out the explosions, then it wouldn't be the Sandler cut. It'd have to be someone else. Well, if he edited them out, then he would edit them back in. So it would be the Sandler cut. Okay. Hashtag release the Sandler cut. So he took out, he, he, it was down sauerkraut. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta, uh, where they, where they can talk to us. What? <laughs> Sound sauerkraut. No, you gotta, alright, alright, alright. If you wanna let us know of, of whatever you wanna let us know, of Twitter, at PacinoPod, Gmail, PacinoPodcast, oh, at gmail.com. Ha- no, 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 wait, wait, wait. You're taking over my my final words. Well, sound sound sauerkraut means we're leaving. You said it first. <laughs> I know. Okay, if you got if you <laughs> are trying to reconnect with your family, hit us up on Twitter we'll at PacinoPod at PacinoPod. Um, let's tell tell them to watch Grown Ups. Um, or you can shoot us an email at PacinoPod at gmail.com. Is it not Pacino Podcast? PacinoPodcast at gmail.com. Oh, let's make sure. It is. Let's get all our ducks in a row. Or get our quacks in a row. Yeah, PacinoPodcast at gmail.com. Hashtag release the Sandler Cut sound. Sound, 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 sound.